Welcome and thank you for joining Something New, a musical theater podcast, where I, Joel B. New, invite an exceedingly talented friend over, we chat a bit, and then we learn and record a song from one of my latest projects, which we end up premiering right here for your listening pleasure. Today's guest artist is a voice teacher, coach, performer, and music director. As an actor, some of his favorite roles include Bobby in Crazy For You, Charlie in Where's Charlie, Malcolm in The Full Monty, Greg in A Chorus Line, and Ernst in Cabaret. He performed Outgoing, the song I wrote for him at the Lincoln Center Songbook Series. He's also performed in and music-directed Singing in the Shower at Birdland as part of the Broadway at Birdland Concert Series. Last May, he performed in and music-directed my concert, something new, the concert. Uh, Carnegie Mellon, NYU grad. Obviously, I'm talking about Dan Radzikowski. Dan Radzikowski, thanks That's for being me. on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you ask me oh my gosh of course i did um i have to <laughs> i have to confess that that is the first bio that was just kind of like i really couldn't hide who you were very long <laughs> and it's the first bio that like i'm so i'm so All featured right, because, in it yeah gotcha. yes well I, I i kind of customized it because i was like well well that was you know, very sweet of you. casually <laughs> casually the something new podcast so yeah, there just, you go yeah yeah just name drop me a couple of times that's cool <laughs> <laughs> well it's relevant it was relevant information they didn't want to hear about you know no old to- stuff. <laughs> no totally um so i asked dan to be on the show well first of all we are doing this uh this is my second episode via skype uh which is very fun and um, I think well, we were supposed to record at NYU, which would have been totally apropos because that's how we met. Yes. Uh, Dan yes. was my very first voice teacher in the city. And uh, we became fast friends and we've been singing and hanging out ever since. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's been <laughs> I was thinking about that. It's been it's been quite a while. It's been it, it has been it's been too long. So so we were supposed to do this at NYU in the uh, recording studio at the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program. Uh, obligatory shout out. And um, unfortunately, my, my, my little puppy Strider got uh, sick yesterday. He's totally going to be uh. fine, but uh, I have to uh, like monitor him. So that's what's happening right now. So we are Skyping for Skyping. Strider, which sounds like a benefit. Stri- Skyping for Strider. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Where's Susan Sarandon? Okay, um, so, so I'm just gonna She's get... She's playing ping pong. <laughs> Isn't she? Const- right, doesn't she have that ping pong place? Yes, she does. Yes, she does. We're just gonna give a Susan Sarandon a shout out for ping pong. Spin, isn't that what it's called? Or am I making that up? Oh, I've never... I, yeah, I guess. I've never been there. Well, we're just, we're just gonna give everybody oh, all these unnecessary <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> and giggle the whole time. Okay. Uh, good. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so 
so I asked Dan to be on my show not only because he's just super talented and super nice, uh, as a wonderful performer, but he also teaches and he music directs, and I think that's and and I think his approach is really cool. So just kind of going back into the past, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Like where where are you from? Um, originally, I am from Chicktawaga, New York, which is just fun to say. It's very fun to say. I won't um, say. Yeah, Chicktawaga. It is um, a suburb of Buffalo. Okay. And um, are you laughing because of the train passing? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome that to New like, York. Yeah, it's a very wonderful town. Well, it's very you know, I, like where they're like under where they're like. Do you know what I'm talking about when they're in their like their underground in their their apartment and like they they they're they're doing construction or whatever? Okay, no, I'm you can edit my this head. part out. If no, you know. no, <laughs> I should let my listeners know that this is just the first of what I'm sure will be many instances where Dan will make a musical theater reference and I won't know what the heck he's talking about. No, no, and no, 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 no. That's, and that's on me. That's on me. No. <laughs> so okay. So anyways, I'm from Chicktawaga, New York, land of the crab apple. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there, please. Um, yeah, so um, grew up there and was always sort of taunted by the mile marker sign, whatever, on the I ninety that was like four hundred and twenty miles to New York, and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to go to New York," and my parents were like, mm, "No," and <laughs> so, so what what. I don't know, like, helped, I don't want to say past the time, but um, Toronto was two hours away growing up, so I got my musical theater fix from tours that would come to town to Buffalo, or we would go up to Toronto and see all these shows, um, which was in, back in the day, which was kind of amazing when, and I often tell the story, like, in terms of, um, like, Ragtime and Showboat and all those shows that were trying out pre-Broadway with the original mm-hmm. cast that yeah. I got to see like pre-Broadway that was amazing an amazing amazing time um yeah so that's but growing up in Buffalo I don't know if that's <laughs> my, musical, my theater my musical theater past well when at, at what point during your musical theater past did you know that you wanted to perform oh that was that was a toughie um I mean I, and as I was just telling you on, when was that, Thursday night? Thursday Thursday night, that I think I kind of came out of the womb wanting to perform to Mm -hmm. some extent. Um, (laughs) I'm not surprised. Well, and I I think geography had had some effect on that, but I made do with what I had. Um, As I was telling you, I took my Fisher-Price tape recorder with me to daycare and was performing Easy Street with my brown Fisher-Price tape recorder with this Jennifer Leisner. Shout out to Jennifer Leisner. (laughs) So even though I performed growing up, I had an awesome, awesome um, second grade teacher, which I often tell this story too, that I think that that was so instrumental in my becoming a teacher and performer um, Mrs. Troutman, my second grade teacher, mm. she had a piano in her like <clears throat> classroom, but she wasn't a music teacher. No way. And so every every morning, like it was like we would have sing along time, like for an hour, 
like just she would get out her fake book and we would like sing all of these old songs for like an hour and of course I ate it up and then she would do these like musical theater reviews like at the end of the semester so we did like two shows I know this is like incredible <laughs> like looking back on it like just just your regular run-of-the-mill public school but we did like and of course I was very excited whenever we would do show tunes mm-hmm. like Annie I remember we did a choreographed five foot two, the nineteen twenty song, like with tap shoes. Like I mean, it was, it was like, it was amazing. That, that so that definitely helped the performing thing. Like oh, this is what you do when you're in school. I love school. So, um, but then you know, piano came along and lots of competing interests, and um, you know I took voice lessons, I took piano lessons, and then when I got to high school, it was trying to figure out, do I want to be a piano major? Do I want to be a voice major? Do I want to, what do I want to do with my life? And it was kind of, I don't want to say a life crisis, but it definitely caused a lot of agita the summer before my senior year, because it was getting ready for auditions and everything. Yeah. But I had, the previous year, been the rehearsal accompanist for our musical and sort of been in it. So I feel like I've always been a hyphenate in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Like they gave me this, I was um, the uh, Senator in Lil Abner. So I gave this impassioned, like, like I just remember talking about the dice rolling Uh impassioned speech in Lil Abner. And then I had the, (laughs) which is not in my audition book. Um, but it's, it's kind of amazing because nobody ever really talks about it, but there's a song in Lil Abner called Rag Off in the Bush. I have never heard those words Rag put together. Off in the bush? No. Yeah. Rag Off in the Bush. That was my song in Lil Abner. So I had my monologue and I did my little Rag Off in the Bush song and then I would run down to the piano and play like the rest of the show. In getting ready, I was debating, do I want to be a musical theater performer? Do I want to be a voice major? Do I want to be a piano major? And I, um... I don't want to say, like, I was, I remember I got, a la Strider, I got really sick, like, <laughs> August before my senior year, like, I had the, it was so weird, I had, like, the flu, or I was not feeling well, and it was, like, middle of August, right? Uh-huh. So, I remember eating chicken soup, and then I sat down, like, to watch PBS, because I was sick, Yeah. and Hey Mr. Producer was on. And I sat down and just watched all of Hey Mr. Producer. And then when it got to like the side by side by Sondheim, like that whole segment with Ruthie Henschel and Judy Dench and um, Bernadette and all these people, I was like, okay, decision made. I mean, it really was kind of like, it was one of those like weird like moments where it was just like, turn to the coin. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. The end. Wow. Would, would Oprah call that your aha moment? I guess it was an aha moment. Yes. Absolutely. I was... <laughs> yes. For those who may not know, devoted Oprah fan follower. Yes. Um, this was my uh, aha moment. <laughs> Sorry to help you. So what else? What else? So, um, so, so you were eating chicken soup and you realized you wanted to be a performer. That's basically that's yeah. kind of where we're at in the Dan Radzkowski story, soon to be made into a lifetime film. Um, who's who's going to play you? Well, most people would probably say his um, 
I get that often from, and that's not me making that determination, but like random ladies on the subway tell me that I look like Keanu Reeves. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I don't necessarily, it would be a stretch role for him. Yeah. But, um, been an Oscar. <laughs> for the lifetime movie that then got, <laughs> was so amazing that got released in the limited, limited release. Like, Elaine starts shoot me. Exactly. Um, Sundance would have to pick it up. Yeah, it would be a whole thing. Yeah. So, um... When I was a kid, I always wanted um, Devin Sawa to play me in my... Devin Sawa! <laughs> in a Lifetime movie. That's amazing. Yes. It was, it's... Devin Sawa, who is... I often put in the same, like, file folder as Jared Leto. So, look at Jared Leto just won an Oscar. That's true. Anything can happen. something together... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we we might have to to look that Google up. Google it. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I guess Keanu Reeves only because you know, when I was teaching, in doing teaching artist works in the classroom when The Matrix was really big, everyone be like, "Oh, Neo's here," you know. So and then, you know, people will stop me on the subway, random ladies, and be like, "Oh, you look like Keanu Reeves," and I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> so you have that going for you Michael Ian Black I have also gotten okay. but most people are like he was on I Love the 90s a lot um <laughs> <laughs> oh I know who you're talking about yes. <laughs> wasn't he married or is he married to Rebecca Romaine yes there we go I Aww. think so poor John Stamos yeah um we're getting off track yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so this you know could, this i was thinking about this I and mean, obviously you can edit a lot of this out but no, um i won't okay um like have you ever listened it's like um janice on the jillian michaels show like which is a podcast that i have listened to yeah and she's like the zany producer and they're like oh janice and it's like <laughs> she'll say stuff and they're like well janice so, are I you, can't. I are you getting, Janice or am I Janice? I, I think it's we can. Inter, it's interchangeable. Okay. We, okay. We can. We can. <laughs> we're both Janice. We're both. Janice. We're both not helping. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> now, so poor, poor Dan Radzikowski, so multi talented, um, doesn't know what to do with himself, <laughs> <laughs> or talk about. <laughs> so, did you? So. It, at what point during all this multi-talentedness did you, did like teaching really start to, to play a, a part? Well, um, my mom, my mom had always wanted me to be a teacher, um, yeah. because she had been a teacher and my whole family had been kind of, um, I came from a family of teachers. So, so sitting around the table at Christmas and whatever was always talking about schools and teaching and, all of that, so it just kind of was. It was a, another sort of strong influence in childhood. Yeah. But um, I, I had d- taken a music education minor in school, and um, and then just even randomly, you know, people were coming up to me because they knew I played piano and they knew I was a voice major. You know, like people that weren't even really majors that were like, hmm, you know, why don't you, uh, do you teach voice lessons? Would you teach me? Or 
I, some of them I just can't even remember how I got them as students, even in undergrad. And I was sort of starting to teach a little bit freelance in uh-huh. undergrad. And then when I got to NYU, they had offered me um, the position as an adjunct instructor um, to teach non-major peeps at NYU voice lessons. Uh-huh. So it was like then having like a studio officially. And it was at NYU that you decided to really uh, let that be a, a more permanent part of your life? Yeah, well, I think it was just kind of, it became a, um, it just kind of folded into my schedule. I mean, that it, I just felt like, okay, you know, I'm, it, this is what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And then in terms of, being a voice teacher and a coach and, and, um, yeah, I think it was, it, it really sort of helped that process, I guess, you know, like, and helped that move along because I was, ha- and having a full studio just kind of being blessed with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, here are all these students, teach them. And, um, yeah. And that it helped me give it some structure because before that it's, even though I wasn't, at NYU specifically for pedagogy or, or teaching, right. it really gave it a nudge in that direction too. Um, so I was yeah. going to say, yeah, because you, you were at the, the Steinhardt School of, I looked this up, the School of Culture, Education, and Human Development. Yes. Yes. Um, but you were, you were a performance major, is that right? That is correct, yes. Yeah, so yeah. a voice major, but with... <laughs> guess that you can call it a concentration in musical theater okay because i've done my undergrad in voice but more so um at carnegie mellon it was kind of half and half but more classical than musical theater i mean there was musical theater stuff but now so so you've been you've been at this for a while (laughs) and you and uh you you, uh, you've been at this for a while Yeah, uh, and so you, not only do you teach adults like me, but uh, you also teach kids. Yes. Yeah. So talk talk to me about that journey and where you are currently. Um, I am currently taking the train a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. and kids is a pretty wide net. So yeah, I I um I take the train to Connecticut. I'm teaching three days a week up in New Canaan at a musical theater school up there. Mm-hmm. Um, working with, I mean, I do teach some adults <clears throat> there as well, but um, primarily kids, like K through 12. And then um, a theater company that um, I first started out with as a music director and a teaching artist with um, called Soup. Soup. S-O-O-P, which stands for Seat of Our Pants Theater Company. Love it. Um the the artistic director Paul Romanello um and I we had done shows together and then after teaching classes he wanted me to start teaching voice lessons to his daughters and then as word spread and um and from music directing shows there then now I'm teaching three days a week students up in Westchester Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday up in Connecticut. And then trying to 
fit in people <laughs> in the city, maybe in the mornings before. This probably sounds eerily reminiscent of the previous podcast episode with Chris York because because <laughs> you always work together. We do, we I do. Um, yeah, he also works up at the same school um, as I do up in Connecticut. So uh, yes, we take the train, we commute together sometimes. Aww. Yep. And so, uh, so kids versus adults. What are what are, are there any similarities? Um, challenges and this is going to get very super soul sunday and philosophical great but i say but i say that like i think it was on a super soul sunday that they talked about the the experience of humanity is like um an ocean like you're an ocean wave that you start out in the ocean and you come out onto the sand and then you go back into the ocean meaning in terms of also, I think, regression that as you become older and into senior citizen land, you become more like a kid again yeah. in a lot of ways. And you have to, you know, people have to help you eat and change diapers and all of that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> as I've worked with senior citizens and adults, sometimes there are similarities between teaching kindergartners or there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm changing diapers, but that <laughs> idea that like, you know, that dare I say the word petulant, um, that, you know, or I don't want to do this, you know, uh-huh, that there's uh-huh. kind of that more in terms of personality than in terms of, yeah. Do kids ever <laughs> remind you of adults? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That in terms of the, and I think a lot of that has to do with culture today and just, you know, exposure to things that, and especially in and around this area, whether we're talking about in the city or in the tri-state area, that just exposure to life and culture and vocabulary and it's certainly not sheltered. So you also, when when you're teaching, you you teach private lessons, um, do you teach group lessons? Um, Or like teaching to a group, like when you music direct a group? Yeah, I mean, in the summers, primarily, um, now I teach, um, my schedule kind of shifts as we move out of the regular school year, and I do more camps, um, musical theater camps and intensives kind of deals. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm still teaching a fair amount of students privately, but it's a a change. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, can you talk a little bit more about that change? What's... Like your approach, or like I'm, you're obviously all of a sudden dealing with more than one attention span that you have to keep. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, it. There is an adjustment period, I think, that it's like, oh yeah, now I, now I'm not working one on one. I'm working with a group, and we're putting on a show, and it's it's definitely a different energy output. I mean, in terms of, you know, it's it's a lot like performing, you know, in that way that like you have to keep the attention and you send your energy out into a room in the same way that if you were on stage that you can't, you know, um, be like, okay. And kind of show up and be like, not that I do, (laughs) but that you have to, you know, in the same way as you might make the parallel between like camera work Mm -hmm. and being on stage and filling a space. I think the same can be said for like teaching in the classroom that you need to have 
sort of a bigger sense of energy and bigger gestures and bigger, just be bigger to captivate, I guess, rather than, you know, because if you are doing your camera work in front of a classroom, you, you're going to lose people. Right, right. <laughs> no, I love that. So you've already kind of uh, spoken to kind of what this podcast is all about, uh, letting your experience as a performer enhance this other side of you. And I'm, I'm really excited that you segued so seamlessly into that without me Look at that. you. Good job. <laughs> Skype cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> now you, um, let's see. All right. So you do, so you teach lessons, adults, children. Um, all right. This is a, this is a fun question. Uh, sure. I think what, like what are the most popular songs in your lessons right now? <laughs> oh, of course. Let it go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is that is I mean, when you're working with a lot of preteen and teenage girls, mm-hmm. um just by default, Frozen, the Frozen songbook. Mm-hmm. Um with Let It Go, probably Do You Want to Build a Snowman is right up there. Okay. Um do they do the whole thing, like the whole interlude where they lose the parents and like? Sometimes we do the dialogue. It depends on the student. Okay. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes me so happy. And, and like for the first time in forever, the reprise, the duet. So. Oh, okay. Which sometimes involves me singing the other parts, and then we, then sometimes we switch, or you know, it just. You know. Are you more of an Anna or an Elsa? Hmm. <laughs> These are the hard hitting questions. I know. New. I guess I'll say Elsa, but, but, um, that's only because I feel like I've been singing her more or. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any songs that you miss that, you know, people haven't been bringing in in a while? Some of the Disney hits have, other Disney hits have taken a back burner. (gasps) Like what? Like part of your world. Oh, that makes me so sad. Um, and of course the Annie hits. You know, now that it's not on Broadway or there aren't auditions for it, uh-huh. there's certain, there's a certain, I mean, maybe after this new Jay-Z, Jamie Foxx movie comes out, there yes, may be... Yes, Cameron Diaz. Yes, there may be a resurgence there, but that'll be weird because then people want me to be, like, beatboxing. Um, <laughs> so... That, you mean that's not a request you get a lot right now? No, I not really. Um, I mean, <laughs> at least from students... <laughs> But on the street, when they're like, you know, like, beatbox for us, Neo. Are there any songs uh, that are currently being brought to you that you're just like, can we put these down, please? Can we put this away? I have to say, like, the only thing that is somewhat off of the beatboxing thing Mm -hmm. that um, are songs that have rap interludes (laughs) that sometimes you have to deal with. Um, not that I don't like them, but I feel like it's, it's, um, it's, it's interesting when a student already knows, like the, is familiar with the song to begin with and then yeah. already knows the rap and kind of does it. It's just funny. Like, I feel like I'm in some weird NBC comedy, like when I suddenly am then teaching people how to rap, because <laughs> I don't feel like that's my, like, <laughs> Area of expertise, of course, you know, just in the same way, if you were, you were given that in a show or whatever, you know, you, 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 I don't want to say adapt, but you teach it. You be just in the same way I would interpret it as a performer. Then you, 
you know, try and pass that along. Everything is awesome from the Lego movie. Well, that's a good song. That makes yes. me happy. And there's, a, and there's a rap in the middle of it. Okay. Oh, whoa. Clearly, I haven't listened to it enough. I don't know if this... This might be the awesome remix with three X's. Um, <laughs> which I don't know why it says awesome remix XXX, because I'm like, that's... That's kind of provocative. Well, for little kids, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Triple X. So, um... Provocative. Um, so, yeah, there are two, like, rap interludes. They're like, socks, clogs, they're awesome, you know? <laughs> and what is your note for that? You're like, you know, or like round tones. Well, it's also sometimes when I'm not as, when I'm just, somebody brings in something that I'm not, haven't, like, i.e., the first time somebody brought in the awesome remix of everything. I mean, I knew the Everything is Awesome song. But all of a sudden, it was the awesome remix, and I'm like, oh, I wonder how this fits in with my little, like, dinky-dinky accompaniment, like, with... Because, of course, like, accompaniment to a rap, it's, like, it's not really a fully fleshed-out, like, piano accompaniment. It's, like, descending quarter note scales and, like, a bass note. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, a lot of left hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And no real, like, you know, even rhythm... Like, the text is written in the, unless, I'm sure this is fascinating to all these listeners. The text isn't even really written on the um, music. It's on the last page, like, with two, like, paragraphs. So then it's a lot of flipping back and forth to try and see <laughs> how those fit with the music, etc. Yes. You, you mean there's no are, there's there's no spekstime in uh in Lego no, movie? No, there is there is there is no sort of indication of how it's supposed to sit with the music, which is very insightful. That's 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 tragic. Speaking to a composer lyricist. <laughs> uh, for any of my listeners who are new voice teacher, relatively new voice teachers, or people who are thinking about going into study voice, or it's like been a while. Um, are there any tools that you currently use, like either books or anything appy, that you think people would find useful? That you hmm. would find useful? Well, I love to frighten people. I can't remember what company it is, um, but there are Chris. Chris uses them as well, I believe. Um, some wonderful like voice apps um, that I think if you even go on to. Um, probably like the app store, you can download them there. One that I use is that's a lot of fun is, um, I want to say like, it's not called vocal fold. I don't, maybe it's something like that, but what it is, is I love to frighten students with videos of the actual like vocal folds and function. And where, where are these things in your throat that we're talking about? And here you go, and look at the app. So as a teaching tool, it's really lovely to be able to kind of reference things. So rather than them going, hmm, and having to imagine in their throats, like, we're, what? You mean, like, and of course, sometimes dealing with kids, it's as rudimentary as, like, there's a food pipe and there's an air pipe. Really? You know, so, <laughs> and then, of course, I feel like... <clears throat> There are so many instances of that beyond what I just talked about, but the things that you talk about and are covering in the course of a voice lesson that are educational, but beyond the world of voice and singing, you know, that they're learning about, you know, biology, they're learning about 
you know, when we come across a word that they don't know in a song and they have to pronounce it or look it up or what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So it's <clears throat> multidisciplinary, I guess, in that sense that oh, that's such a fancy Steinhardt word. Uh, <laughs> but the MFA. Idea, that's the idea that, you know, I love that about the work that, you know, kids are learning, yes, singing, but also so many able to apply so many other things or foreign language, you know, whether we're talking French or Spanish or whatever, if there's words in a song or, um, or as an actor, if they have to do something in an accent or whatever, it's just, it's, um, yeah, just in the same way as an actor that you learn and apply all of those things, um, passing it on to kids is fun in that way too, but I think it helps their learning. Or it makes learning more interesting to them, so it's not just like, you know, ugh, school. You mentioned like this app where it kind of like lets you look at like the vocal anatomy and stuff like that. Is that more or less your approach, or are you more of a you know, let's let's ride the wave and you're in a field and there's oh yeah, I try and keep it more grounded in the science and fact. Uh, in a very murder she wrote Jessica Fletcher kind of way you had me at Jessica Fletcher of course <laughs> just I figured this would be a good time to say Jessica Fletcher and giggle <laughs> okay I'm a big proponent of the body and <laughs> period you can, you can edit that that's, yeah, that's going to be the um, sound bite Yes, I'm a big proponent of the body. Yes, aren't we all? So, um... (laughs) Well... Okay, so... But the idea that the the way that body use and the body ties into vocal production, that I am not of the, as I lovingly refer to, teaching a bust school of voice that, you know, and not as in, like, breasts, but as in, like, you know, like a Beethoven Mozart bust that you'd have on the piano. Yeah. Um, that you, that the, the voice is the entire body and how that the entire body has a bearing on vocal function and sound and all of that. I feel like I made so much vocal progress of my own when I started to study Alexander Technique and Pilates and all of these sort of body... Um, disciplines, if you will, I felt the differences in my voice and was astonished and going, why, for me, it's always been, why are those two worlds so independent of one another? Mm-hmm. You know, because I've seen the, the progress and the, the, the quick changes that can occur in my own voice and other students when sort of applying those principles and it's it's weird because it's sometimes it does feel like I try to be that bridge. I guess that's, that's a great way to for me to try and sum it up is <laughs> that you know obviously I take all of my vocal learning teaching knowledge, but also of my body work and um, knowledge, and try and tie the two together so that it's not just um, as I said teaching a bust. Talk to me about FaceTime lessons. Yes. So I think um, this is genius. 
Well, we I can... I think everything you do is genius, but I think this is... Oh, stop! It's like, true, I... but, like, um, you're so talented. But talk to me seriously about FaceTime lessons. Sure. So the idea that... Um, and to kind of answer a previous... Continue the answer on a previous essay question. Yes. <laughs> it's like taking an essay to you or something. Um, so in teaching summer camps, one of the, the jobs that I have been doing... Um, for the past couple summers, um, my friend Eric Mark Olson, who's a neighbor of yours up in that hood, up in the hood. Um, he asked me to music direct and teach out at the um, Shell Lake Art Center, which is out in uh, Shell Lake, Wisconsin. Okay. And, and they do a musical theater intensive there for two weeks where voice acting dance at the end of the week, they put on two shows. <clears throat> but... W- Oh, yeah. So in, and in, to answer another question, yes, I do do group voice lessons as part of my work out there. So, yeah, so out two weeks in Wisconsin, Shell Lake, and um, in working with singers out there, it reminded me of my childhood in a certain, to a certain extent because in terms of access, you know, where um, a lot of these kids lived in a, an area where there may be one high school voice teacher within 20, 30 miles of where they grew up or they live on a farm and they're, you know, two, three hours from a major city, you know, and for their parents to drive them in for a voice lesson, you know, it's like four or five hours round trip. All of these things that, you know, these stories that I heard out there that they were as passionate as, as any kid that I work with in the city and environs. At their request, really, they said, why do you have anything on YouTube? Do you do you do lessons online? Do you could we do some of these exercises and things like how can we continue this work? Like when I go to do my high school musical or whatever at my school in Wisconsin. Yeah. And um, they really were the ones that were starting to plant that seed of the idea of like Skype or FaceTime lessons then because they wanted to continue working with me beyond just these two weeks in the summer. Um, So, yeah, and then the flip side occurred where when I was in Wisconsin offering out Skype and FaceTime lessons to students that from the city that wanted to work with me while I was there. And um, I don't know, it's been really, really um, beneficial. Um, One student this year, Ben, shout out to Ben if he's listening. Hey, Ben. Um, He has been auditioning for college programs uh, as a senior in high school. And I've been um, teaching him from, uh, from here. So it's a really great thing that I've been able to continue the work and working with him, even though I'm in New York and he's in Wisconsin and auditioning for these programs. So yeah, it's, it's amazing what with technology, all of, um, you know, whether it's it's students in an emergency, oh my gosh, you're not wherever I'm teaching that day and I need to have a lesson or work with you or um, I'm home in Buffalo and I need an emergency lesson or whatever it is. It's It really opens up that it's not just, hmm, no, sorry. So FaceTime lessons, I think it's a stroke of genius and I think you should all be taking FaceTime lessons with Dan Ratzikowski. Yeah, I mean, in terms of really great thing about it um, as well is if somebody 
if a student is doing a show or they're away for the summer, I had even students from, uh, you know, Connecticut and, and here, uh, that were away for the summer at a certain, you know, whether it's a summer house or vacationing or wherever that they don't necessarily need to have the equipment beyond an iPad or an iPhone to do the work. Um, that's really on me, but they can, um, they can take a lesson and not have to be at a studio. You know, they could, they could be at the beach with their Wi-Fi or whatever (laughs) and taking a lesson. Um, I love warming up at the beach. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, but if people are, but legitimately, whether it's summer stock or out on tour or, um, wherever that if they're having a vocal issue or they want to, um, continue developing their voice while they have the time and the resources to, while they are, you know, on tour or what have, what have you, what have you, what have you, uh, what have you, uh, they can, um, they can do so, you know, that it's not that they're sort of, um, locked into having to be in New York to train that it, it opens that up to anywhere, really. So I've been implementing these little quizzes in my episodes of late, and um, they're fun for me, so I'm going to keep doing them until okay. someone tells me to stop. Um, and I found, <laughs> I, found, I found one for you that I think is going to be perfect. It's from playbuzz.com, and it's called Do You Know Your Broadway Musical Lyrics? Oh, sh- Oh, <laughs> I can bleep I, it, it's fine. You probably have to bleep it because then you don't you have to put like an E. Yeah, I don't have the E. Okay. I didn't uh, want the E. It was a it was a choice. No, it's especially now if I'm gonna have kids listening to this. Exactly. No, we'll bleep it. It's fine. Okay. Um, and this uh proper prop proper props, which I've never said obviously. Um, <laughs> this quiz was created by Shay Cohen. Ooh. Yeah. So thanks, Shay. Shay. All right. So this is a series of questions. Um, they're all lyrics. Um, they do give you multiple choice as to which musical the lyric is from, but I'm going to see if we don't need it. Oh, God. All right. But I if, don't know if I'm... If right. this is... I but, mean... But, like, we can totally, you know, millionaire this and, you know, have a lifeline and I can give you options. Okay. That's what I'm going to try and get Ajita about this. Okay. 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 Question number one. Something inside of me makes me move when I hear the groove... <laughs> okay okay i'm losing my mind okay wait 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 i know this why um you have to edit out all of this like silent or put like i'm keeping it oh great no. <laughs> i do know this something when i feel the groove groove yeah that definitely focus on that word something Oh, hairspray, right? That's right. Well, like I haven't worked on Good Morning Baltimore umpteen times with these little girls. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to sing these for you. Okay. Well, I don't expect you to. Copyright. I should be. A, but it's it's isn't it interesting? I mean, as a side note, sometimes yes. when you read a lyric without the the singer attached to it and the music, and I'm not just trying to play off my taking so long with the first one. Uh huh. Um, that you don't always. You can't always place it. Are you ready for question number two? 
Sure. Since we're moving at such lightning speed, I think I'm only going to do, like, four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. (laughs) And I quote. Yep. I saved her life. She she nearly drowned. Titanic? (laughs) Um... When you find out what this is actually from, you're going to be... I saved her life. She nearly drowned. I'm sure I'm going to be... All right, I'm going to give you a musical hint. Bum, oh, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-da-da-dum. Grease? Yeah, Grease. I saved her life. She nearly drowned. It's Isn't that, isn't that uh, in uh, Those Summer Nights? He showed off splashing around. Oh, see? There it is. There it is. You need the you need the rhyming couplet, and I don't. Give I it need to a you. I need a backbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Continue. Continue. Um, and I quote: "But I never thought the things in my head could really happen in my bed." It's terrible. It is terrible. Do you want your uh, options? There's two options. Yes. Um, Avenue Q or Mamma Mia. I just want to answer Mamma Mia now. Don't you? Don't you? Just because of Donna Sheridan. No, what is A? That is correct. Question number four. Oh, she's going to shimmy till her garters break. Oh, please. Chicago. The other option was Oklahoma. (laughs) Eight dollars, garters break. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, This is the fifth question. For the win... I, don't, I wasn't keeping score. <laughs> Dear old gent passing by, something nice takes his eye. Everything's clear, attack the rear, get in, and pick a pocket or two. Oh, Oliver. Yes! <laughs> Very good. You won! Great! <laughs> you get a podcast mug. Oh! Yay! Maybe I'll upgrade them and get you a second one. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that was fun for me. <laughs> See, and everyone, I presume this is the first time that we've actually put the podcast song in front of a live audience. Um, so what we did was uh, we partnered with Ben Cameron's Broadway Sessions, which, uh, uh, and I quote, is New York's ultimate post theater extravaganza. Uh, and I have to concur that that is yeah, that is totally it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't been out that late in a very long time, and um, I enjoyed it tremendously. I was like, who knew that such fun things could happen after eleven o'clock at night um, <laughs> <laughs> that don't involve like pajamas and uh, Pinot Grigio and scandal, right? So that's spoken like two people that watch a lot of Murder <laughs> She Wrote. Eleven. Ugh, when is sound check? Oh my god! <laughs> I better take a nap. <laughs> but um, but it was so much fun. I'm so grateful. So the song portion of today's episode is brought to you by Broadway Sessions. Uh, every Thursday night, as the curtains fall on Broadway, host Ben D and his crew of amazingly talented folks welcome a new Broadway star to perform in this fun and zany musical theater variety show. Get up close and personal with Broadway's brightest as the stars bear their souls, interact with the crowd, and celebrate all things Broadway. And this is every Thursday at the Lori Beachman, which is 42nd and 9th, in case you have no idea what that is. Um, and if you're in New York and you don't know, how dare you? And it starts at 11 p.m. Uh, but the doors open at 10, and you can come and um, 
and if you if he picks you, you can sing a song, and he gives you a shot. It's yes, um, that was fun. The whole thing was so fun. Ben is so charismatic and so funny. And um, the night that we went, it was Cinderella night, so a lot of the cast from Broadway Cinderella uh, were there, including my friends Caitlin and Kendall, who were both yeah. amazing. And uh, Kendall, Kendall singing, singing. That was very Miranda. <laughs> Kendall singing. Um, uh, why God? Why? Why God? Why? With Todd. With Todd, and she didn't know the words. Yeah, that was amazing. That was. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, and the and the princess, the Disney Princess Pyramid Games. Those were very fun. Yes. Uh, there was a uh, there was they have a rising star segment, which was this uh, great yes. guy named uh, Anthony Cruschelli. And uh, he was just adorable and so talented, and uh, and they had this this other amazing woman called Samantha Ware, mm-hmm. who's from the Book of Mormon, and she can just pretty much sing whatever we tell her to, and that and was amazing. She was amazing, and yeah. And then we all got up and sang "Thank You for Being a Friend" in true old lady fashion at the end. It was wonderful, and in ben... honor of the Golden Girls. <laughs> and Ben knows the second verse. Yeah, that was impressive. That's really... That's... I, used to, I used to have the... That was... Okay, growing up, I used to have the sheet music to that. So I was kind of disappointed that I didn't remember. I remember there was something about the Milky Way. And accompanied by the magnificent Joshua Stephen Cartes, who can just yes. pretty much play anything. Like, we put the song in front of him, and he played it without any problem. Yes. Yeah, just sickening, as they say. Make sure you're checking out their site and their YouTube page, uh, I think it's just broadwaysessions.net. Correct. And, and their uh, their YouTube page, they they update that pretty frequently with performances from their live shows, and it's uh, it was it was really a treat. Uh, this Thursday, April tenth, is the class of twenty fourteen from CCM. Yes. And I have never felt older. <laughs> 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 wow, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's just take a moment to let that sink in as the train passes. Life, you know, threw some wrenches in, you know, with, with poor Strider uh, needing recovery and things like that. Yeah. So, um, so the plan was that uh, Dan was going to sing a song of mine that, you know, that, that he knows all too well. And then we were going to record another song and put them both in the episode, like a super, like a super special, like Babysitter's Club <laughs> double pack <laughs> double pack so dan was kind enough to to sing outgoing which i wrote for him uh just a few years ago uh from my song cycle standalone and um it's just it's it's such a delight because you know it has his name in it and it's definitely his namesake song and i'm so pleased that you continue to choose to want to sing it yes so, so thank you Remember, if you like the song, it's available for free download on my SoundCloud page. That is until the next episode. And if you'd like to request sheet music, you may write me at joelbnew at gmail.com for a free PDF. Uh, be sure to follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. And while you're there, feel free to click on either the Cafe Press or Donate links on the podcast page. Any and all contributions go toward pro- production costs and are supremely appreciated. Uh, make sure you visit danradzikowski.com uh, and danradzvoice.com, which I didn't know about. Yes, that is my new website. Oh, I like it. And that's Rads, going... Rads with a Z, you guys. Dan Rads Voice. It's Rads with a Z, not Lisa with an S. Um, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> well, because I could have done my full name, and then I was like, you know what? 
people would fall asleep before they finished typing it. So obviously my the personal page is like my full name, yeah. and they can already fall asleep on that one. But I thought that <laughs> it was more efficient and catchy, right? Yeah, no, I like it. It's I like shorter. It. I think it's I think I think it's cute. I like it. People said that that should be my stage name, but that would totally mess up your song now. It would. It's cool. I mean, like, so Radzikowski, good for songs, not so good for website domain names. Right. Yeah. So damradsvoice.com. Uh, also, I think I already plugged it, but please go to broadwaysessions.net. Uh, please go to a Broadway Sessions when you're in town. Um, They're super duper fun. Uh, hopefully I will be back there soon. And I'll definitely keep you guys apprised of that. Yeah, uh, I want to go. I want to go this Thursday again. See right? the C- I was saying the CCMers, you know, and see the CCMers. Yeah, see, see these whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. Belt for Absolutely. Jesus. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, however you're listening to this. Uh, tell your friends all about it. Uh, special thanks to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, who does my website. Red Scandal Graphics, who did my podcast logo. And special thanks once again to Ben Cameron at Broadway Sessions and Joshua Stephen Cartis, who accompanied. And last but not least, thank you, Dan Redzikowski, for being on my show. Yay! Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. From Inwood and Astoria via Skype, this is Joel B. New. And Dan Redzikowski. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. as verbs. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready, but okay, here we go. I'm recording a new outgoing message, fully rehearsed. If one number calls, I'll know it's his. I'm far too cool to answer, and I'm not calling first. If that's not mature, I don't know what is. Record your message after the tone. When you are finished recording, press the pound key. Hello, you have reached the voicemail of Daniel Radzikowski. I'm either on the train or stuck at work or just away. If you'd like to leave a message, please do so. The beep you're gonna hear will be your cue, so be sure to leave your number. I'll call back in SAP. Thanks and have a great day. OMG, I'm so gay. <laughs> And not outgoing. (laughs) It should say I'm cute and single and funny and well read. It should say that I'm not slutty. Too shabby in bed. <laughs> it should say my shit's together. Like I know what I want. It should say I want a boyfriend, but make it all sound nonchalant. 
record your message after the tone. When you are finished, press the pound key. Hello, you have reached the voice of Daniel Radzikowski. I hear there are with friends or maybe vegging on my own. If you'd like to leave a message, please leave one. I mean, it's cool if I do not receive one. If you can leave your number, I'll call back when I have the chance. I mean, maybe I'll call, or you will, maybe not. Just leave a message and I'll probably give it some thought. Alright, right up here comes the people, yeah, thanks a lot. Calling my phone. I'm gonna die alone. <laughs> I'm not outgoing. It should say that I'm not crazy, unstable, neither nor. It should say that I know English and have talked to people before. It should say that I'm coherent, like I know where I'm at. It should say, hello, I'm normal. But who would believe all of that? Record your message after the tone. Holy shut up, automated voice! Damn it. <laughs> Hello, you have reached the voicemail of Daniel Radzikowski. I'm trying to impress you by pretending I'm not here. <laughs> if you're calling for a date, I'd adore it. But there's some stuff that you should know before it. This may seem premature, but this is me, and here I am. I watch cartoons, hate the gym, love my mom, call her baby, so addicted to us. So poor choice, but still I can't look where am I miss when I sleep. Eric Clapton makes me weep. Ring, 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 ring. Crap. It's now or never. Get a grip and beat him to the beep. Come on, it's do or die. It couldn't hurt to try. To be.